0: You know, the guy who founded Patreon, Jack Conti, is a musician first, and he was even before he got into that. And I'm really into what he's doing because he brings his whole self to work. He's he's an artist first. He's, nope, I am not going to separate this creative part of myself and only be rational in business. He does the whole thing, and that's, that's all he does. The story behind Patreon is that he was pissed off about you know, getting a million views on YouTube and can't earn a living off of that. And it's really good stuff that he was producing, at least according to the fans, and and I'm, I'm a fan too. So, and he's right, you know, so what is wrong? What kind of a world are we living in where the middlemen, the people in the middle are controlling whether creators make anything or not. There should be a direct relationship between fans and creators. And he's building that, he's making that happen, and he's basically firing the middleman. So yeah, I'm I'm all about their story, I love hearing the latest news.
1: Yeah, I think he said that he, he got over a million views and he made a total of $160, but it wasn't just the views versus dollars, it was the sheer number of hours he took into making some kind of yeah. model of the Millennium Falcon or whatever he did to get these, which is is quite unique, you know. And, and news stations do this. They pick up a YouTube video because free footage. They're not paying as many reporters anymore. They don't have as many people out on the street. You know, it's sort of all happening digitally or in house. So they go out and get YouTube videos or something that happens on on Twitter or Instagram, and they show this, and it's sort of free footage for them to create a story out of. But he's getting nothing out of that, and the sheer number of hours put into it underscores the fact that here's a guy he's bringing his creative intelligence, his creative energy, his creative self to work. It's driving what he does. There's almost no separation between what his own interests are and, and what his business does. And yet he has to think about the cost benefit of feeding the beast of social media because you know in, in the end we think of social media. What we think is happening is that it gives it's a vehicle to give us a direct connection to our audience. Except that what it really does is it gives Facebook a better connection to its audience for aver- to, to sell that for advertising. It gives Twitter, it gives YouTube a better connection to its audience. And what you're really doing is you're feeding their connection to the audience. Yes, you get some, but it's 80-20 weighted toward their connection versus yours. And that's illustrated by the sheer fact that, one, they have the email addresses, you don't. Two, you, you just have, if they continue to like your next video, if you continue to produce for YouTube or Facebook, you might be able to interact with that person in sort of the comments section, but on top of that, they're getting a whole lot more of a, than $160 in terms of revenue, which it takes a lot more than that to run the platform, off of their being able to sell ad space on your video, et cetera, or on the number of viewers that are trolling for your video, et cetera. You're getting 160 dollars, you know, two minutes worth of interaction, maybe a comment. It's 80 20 weighted to feeding the middleman versus what Patreon does, which is eliminate the middleman.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're almost like as a creator, you're almost a, a volunteer contributing to the platform. <laughs> I'm a volunteer worker. I work for Facebook and and Twitter and YouTube, and I I hope they have great earnings this quarter. You know there's there's two things that they're hitting at the same time here that I really like and and you know one is enough of the middleman they're, they they want to create a direct connection so that people can can earn a living from fans who love what they do and and that, and those are the two things so so we got to get rid of the middleman and we got to have a way for people who opt in to a particular creator say yep I like that and I want more of that how can I make sure I get more of that by spending money that that helps the creator. So they're, you know, it's starting to spin up. Just recently, they announced a relationship, Patreon did, with Spotify, which, that so now potentially we get the quote-unquote airplay where artists are discovered, because this is part of the problem too of, of somebody in the middle controlling it. They control how you even get discovered, who the algorithm that puts new artist names forward so yeah they're they're uh if you're a middleman if you're in the middleman business this is a problem but it's great news for the rest of us
1: well you know spotify is just as fraught in this way in some ways it's a social media (laughs) platform for music creators you've got neil young who yanked all his music off of spotify and a lot of other people have as well or, or simply forbid their music to be on spotify now, if you want to listen to a Neil Young song on Spotify, you got to dig up a Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young track. And, uh, and so you can't hear Heart of Gold the way he performs it, right? And part of this is that Spotify does not ensure that artists are compensated in a, in a fair way for their work. So the beauty yeah. of something like Patreon is... Is that more of the dollar you're spending? Whether you're spending that inadvertently through ad spending, you're spending that because you have a YouTube premium account or a Twitter blue account or whatever. More of the ad dollar go or the dollar itself goes to the artist. So we're shifting. The, we're not just cutting out the middleman. We're shifting the proportion into a more just supply chain. But the other thing we're doing, and you kind of underscored it, is. What this does by separating a discovery platform from a loyalty platform. If you make it all in one, which is what kind of Spotify tries to do, meet new artists and follow them here. Twitter, YouTube, same thing. Meet somebody, they can follow your YouTube channel. We'll collect, you know, 900 per- percent of what you're, you're supposed to get. We'll give you the leavings, right? the The problem is that it becomes unjust. But if you disconnect those things, if you allow Twitter, YouTube, which do get a benefit from being the discovery platform, to meet creators, to find their music, the artist does benefit from that exposure, from having those things which are essentially a glorified search engine. That's all really social and those platforms are. Etsy, these other markets, their search engine. That becomes the entry point. The the platform doesn't get to control the whole relationship, but it, it gets to be the entry point and then another platform serves up the loyalty. Uh, then that empowers the creator in a way that that I think we don't currently have. And of course, I would liken this to the cable company trying to be your all-in-one. We want to give you phone, (laughs) we want to give you internet, we want to give you TV... Heck, they would, they would sell us all kinds of things if they could. Or Amazon wanting to be our pharmacy or everything else. Of course, they want to lock it all up in an ecosystem that's theirs because they collect more that way. And of course, people that sell on those platforms like Amazon or people that make movies and put them out in these shared environments complain that less than ever is going to the actual producer, the actual artist. So separating, breaking some of that up, some of these cabals and separating discovery of value, discovery of talent, discovery of creative energy from loyalty to and following and repeat relationships with creative energy. That's a a key element to what they're doing.
0: Interestingly though, and Jack Conti talks about this and Patreon talks about this, that breaking it up isn't enough. My take on it is for so long, so many decades we, and I mean society or the middlemen, have intentionally created this dependency, whether, whether you're a, a a painter or a musician. A painter depends on, say, a gallery or some sort of representation. A musician depends on the record label. Or even in consultants, they depend on the consulting firm or, or a staffing agency because it's you know, they talk about the how hard it is to be independent. So even if the the middleman model starts to break down and there's a direct route well now artists have to figure out how to engage how to develop an audience what am i about and all these fundamental questions of should i do what people like or should i do what i love and how can i earn a living from that and so (laughs) now that the walls have come down is sort of like east germany oh So now what kind of society do you really want? Or at a personal level, what kind of life do I really want? Yeah, you know, so
1: this is actually, as you say, created a problem. So we've now disconnected opportunity, finding finding somebody, connecting with somebody from following somebody or from loyalty, discovery versus following. And this means more than ever, we have the ability of a leader to connect his vision directly to an audience. I think a lot of CEOs and powerful c-suite executives who have a vision for their business would love to get rid of some of the levels layers of bureaucracy, the middlemen within their own organization. Sure, they can do an annual keynote or they can do a they can come downstairs and do a presentation now and then, you know, fly out to wherever the the workers are and talk to them. But to have an ongoing relationship where you can help People at the line level understand what we're really trying to do here and the vision of the company. A lot of CEOs struggle with that. And the problem with removing those barriers is, one, now there's a scramble. So, you know, this article talks about this competition now among various platforms to help creators make money is going to create a second renaissance. And of course, the model is really important. How much control am I giving up versus how much exposure? Do I bundle or unbundle? You know, connection versus opportunity, discovery versus loyalty but it also makes the creator or the visionary leader think do i do what i want or I, and what makes me happy or i do do i do what gets a better response out of the audience and even leaders face that come downstairs and do i get cheers because i say it's all about you or do i say we're really trying to change something in the market remove friction here improve people's supply chain or or create a more just environment or whatever it is do i do i tell them something that's not about them And so I think the solution is this for me, as somebody who is a creator, somebody that that does live a life of art and make art, the, the question always comes up, where's the line between the market and the muse? And for me, it's this. If I'm doing something I love, if I'm doing something that I'm passionate about, That something is inherently universal. We think it's particular to me, but the real truth is when something happens in a story that resonates with me, when I become passionate about something, I'm tapping into something that is shared with a huge portion of humanity. We're not really the isolated islands we think we are. And so we will be able to find an audience that connects with that. And therefore, we're looking for a vehicle to facilitate that connection and enable that. But while it removes the friction, it truly lets me convey my vision, express that. And it also rewards me by letting me live off of the proceeds of connecting with people and, and making that vision transparent.